Hey there, welcome to the Renew Church podcast where we have honest and authentic conversations around Jesus and his mission. Uh, my name is Eric and I am joined in studio today with our very, very special guest, my friend and colleague, Mr. Andrew Wood. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing really good. How you doing? I'm doing okay. You know, it's been, we, we've had a long day, you it, and I. Yeah, it's been a few long days it, recently. <laughs> it has. Oh. At the, you know, at the, the recording of this, we're in the midst of the the Corona uh, fun fun party times. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the isolation, uh, stay in your home. Yeah, uh, don't go see anybody but your family or the other pastor that you've right spent time with already. Right, and and we're we're actually doing some some cool stuff. It's pushed us into some new new spheres, and this is one of them. So uh, we are here, season two of our podcast, um, and for the first time ever, coming uh, to you via video for those who want to check it out on our YouTube channel. Uh, you guys can go ahead and digest the content that way. That's pretty pretty awesome. It's pretty fancy. Pretty, yeah. Super fancy. Yeah, this is fancier than anything we've ever done before, <laughs> for sure. Well, today we, we have a couple of uh, really interesting conversations that I hope you guys uh, are, are excited about. I know I am. I know Andrew is. Um, and uh, one of the first things that we just kind of were thinking about, we were like, what are, what are people thinking about? What are, we, 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 th- we just thought, like, let's talk about life in, in, in general, you know? And so uh, we've titled our first segment Fat Pastors because that <laughs> is honestly the thing that I'm most worried about right now is that I'm eating like a madman right now, like all kinds of junk food. I, I literally ate cake with my hands yesterday. <laughs> I was just sitting in our, our kitchen eating, eating my daughter's birthday cake just, just out of my hand like a, like a Wolverine or something. Yeah, so. I've had more carbs in the last uh, two days than I've had in the last two months. Yeah, because you, you've kind of been on this like health kick thing. T- yeah. T- tell me about that. Yeah, I have. I basically, um, uh, coming towards the end of December, I, one, got a notification from my doctor. She said, uh, you're in great health, but you need to lose some weight. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I've known that for a long time, but never heard it from somebody like you, who's been my family doctor since I was born. Yeah. Uh, and she's so sweet. So for her to say that, I was like, she means business. And, yeah. and so uh, then I was like, what is she really talking about? And then I weighed myself. And, uh, and for the <gasps> first time in my life, I had been over 300 pounds. I know people are always like, no, you're not. You're not. You're like 220. I'm like, no, no, I've always been around yeah. 270, 280. And then I was over 300 for the first time in my life. And I'm like, huh, that, that's, that's, like, a, that's like a marker. That's for me, at least. Yeah. That's like, a, okay, red flag. Um, stop, stop joking about this. I'm 28 years old, and I actually need to do something different uh, and not assume that, right. A, I'll have many years in the future to change something. Yeah. Uh, and, B, I, you know, my, my health is more than just my weight. It's actually my yeah. physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being. And yeah. uh, how I'm doing physically has a lot to do with all that. So, sure. so I started to make some changes in January. Yeah, so, so you, you uh, went keto, right? I did. Is that still kind of your method of, of uh, madness right it's now? still the target I'm aiming at. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I was looking for something that was accessible to me, was food that I still enjoy, um, that I could, uh, that didn't change too much of how I already ate, um, that wasn't basically like cutting out everything I enjoy right. and doing something I hated and loathed. Um, and so I discovered this keto thing. Everybody's discovered it. It's, it's, it's a trend. Um, I had looked into it a couple of years ago and tried it, 
and uh, then didn't last with it. And then I thought, you know, this seems to be um, kind of gaining some traction. So yeah. uh, for me, I looked at it as a means to uh, eat a, at a calorie deficit uh, while still eating foods that uh, were accessible to me and that I still enjoyed. So yeah, I got to say, I was doing. I, I I'll talk a little bit about the thing that I was doing for a while, but. Um, you came into the office while I was I was like on a 900 calorie sort of thing, and you had like a a, a, a chicken breast that was like filleted in half, smothered in like cream cheese and jalapenos and bacon and bacon. Yeah, and I was like, I I I've never I don't think I've ever wanted to strangle a human being more than yeah. in that moment. I just and then steal your food. So I think there was something primal coming out in me. I just need to ask your forgiveness for that because yeah. that was really hateful. Well, granted. <laughs> granted. Um, I like that you you mentioned like that's the target I'm aiming at. Yeah. I think so many times in, in our life we, we kind of place this ideal in front of us, uh, especially with goal setting, you know, and, and we like we like say if I don't achieve this sort of uh, uh, ideal, this 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 goal then I, I've kind of failed. And so, you know, like the, your first slice of cake, then you feel like, oh, man, well, who cares? You know, and then you're like me, just shoveling things into your face. Um, so how, why was that sort of the language that you chose, like the concept? Has that helped you maintain a healthy habit or has it kind of been a, a reason for you to give excuse? You know what I mean? Well, everyone I've talked to says you got to give yourself grace. I've never actually spent time, like significant time, like months at a time, attempting to uh, eat in a certain way or particular way. Right. Um, I've always done two to three months or two to three week stints of things, and then it kind of wore off. I wasn't disciplined enough. Yeah. And so for me, the, the first thing is people said you got to you got to give yourself grace and you got to give yourself room to fail. Yeah. Um, which which is why I started to use the language of the target I was aiming at. Uh, and then as well, uh, what it allowed me to do was it, it also it allowed me to um, plan my grocery runs around it. So it was like, this is the target I'm aiming at. These are the foods I'm buying, and I'm not buying other foods. Yeah, Cheetos. Right. Or maybe can you have Cheetos? Uh, I don't think so. No, no. probably not. <laughs> Most I want the unlikely. diet where you can eat like just your body know, weight and Cheetos. Cheese, yeah. Um, so yeah, so the, <laughs> the idea of it being a target was this is what I have around my home, but there's times where I'm eating out, and when I'm eating out, I can have a fat steak, and right. and that's okay. Um, but yeah. then there's times where that's not accessible, and so that's that's okay. Uh, the challenge with keto is that basically the whole the whole concept is that you put your body into ketosis, which means it's burning fat reserves instead of burning um, carbohydrates for right. your daily energy. And so when you do break from it, you actually, you, you just, you throw your body out yeah. of what you were in. It's not a matter of just calorie deficit. But um, so for me, it's been a combination of, you know, probably five days a week. Um, my body's in pretty strict ketosis. Mm -hmm. And then um, sometimes I get thrown out of that because I have a, have a drink here or there, or I have, I, I eat a, you know, a carb from something yeah. the other time, and, uh, and I can just reset the next day and spend the next few days getting back into it, and or um, still pay attention to calorie intake and, uh, and stuff like that. So that's, yeah. does that help? Yeah, that's awesome. I, I think, yeah, like, uh, so I, I did kind of a, a thing, one of those where you buy a whole bunch of, like, prepackaged meals, and they're all made out of, like, soy extract flavored with some chemical nasty. that you've never yeah it was i mean like it was it, it worked okay i lost like 20 pounds but uh yeah it was it was not the most fun no. way that i have ever found to to kind of get healthy uh or or maybe even healthy i don't really know like i felt better but yeah you know anyway but yeah. what, what i was gonna ask you was um like how long did it take you to sort of push through the initial like 
this has become a habit and a new reality for me. Three weeks. Three weeks it took yeah. you. Three weeks. Three, and it still is. I mean, it still is. Let's be honest. Yeah. It's still becoming a habit. It's still becoming a thing. Like I said, the last two days have been just because yeah. of the nature of what we're having to adapt to. Right. You know, I, I could have made the same choices the last couple of days and it's been more difficult to and and I've given myself, I guess, space to not. Um, so I'm still, I'm still, it's still becoming a routine, but it, but it became the norm for my at-home eating after about three weeks. I stopped craving the sugar that I was so used to having. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just biologically, my body stopped craving it after. That's, yeah. yeah. Physiologically, you just stop craving things after a certain amount of time of not having them. Right. And then things become routine after usually about two to three weeks, what everyone says. So that was the reality. Um, and, my, and, my, and my mind started feeling clear and better after that, after yeah. that time, which made it easier to make better choices. So Yeah, that's yeah. cool. So that's eating. Is there, has there been other things that you've, like, have you incorporated exercise or anything into your routine? Yeah. Yeah, I incorporated that in my weekly schedule. I actually started doing it during the day at yeah. work, well, outside of work at the gym right by our work, and that made it more accessible to me. And uh, it meant I didn't have to take away from family time in order to do it or commute yeah. really to it. Um, so that, made, that, that helped, and that was three days a week. I was doing that for an hour. Um, doing a mix of cardio and resistance training three days a week and spreading out what I was doing. Um, obviously, that happened. That was that was going relatively smoothly until yeah. things changed for all of us. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I haven't quite adapted to what to do at home now. Yeah. Well, I always think, that, like, anything that you do is that you weren't would normally do is better, you know? Like, I, I, you know, went on a hike with my family the other day, and it's like, well, I wasn't, I don't normally do that, right. so that's, that's good. I think that's good. Right? I think it's good, yeah. Anything. Yeah, something's always better than nothing, nothing, right? and then something more is always better than something, I guess. Well, I am learning for sure, and uh, you've definitely been an inspiration to, to, our, to, to me, our staff. What and, about and you? Have, you you've, been, you've been doing better yeah. health-wise? I, I try to, yeah, so I did this thing um, like, that I mentioned before, and, and I lost a bunch of weight right away, but like I said, it was sort of miserable, so... It didn't last super long. So I'm still, like, kind of maintaining that, mm-hmm. like, what I lost, um, which is good. Uh, but I just try to make a better choice every time I'm out, you know. Um, yeah, you had so, a lettuce wrap today. and I Yeah, you go with the lettuce wrap burger, bun. you know. Yeah. No, you got to get that. It. So uh, I, w- I would say one of the, the things that, that has really changed for me, and, and this is m- less health and more just, like, overall well-being, has been incorporating this idea of, like, rest into, like, what, is part of and I know actually you and I have talked about this a lot. We both read a book uh, by John Mark Comer mm-hmm. uh, called the, the Ruthless Nation of Hurry. Um, I'm also reading his book Garden City, which mm-hmm. is is kind of particularly about Sabbath, the idea of yeah. Sabbath. Um, and uh, I think that um, I think rest has been the thing that has really shaped my overall health and well-being most recently. Yeah. Um, yeah, because like you just don't like I don't. I don't know. I, I used to eat ice cream, you know, just for whatever reason. And now it's sort of like I feel better overall. So I can, it's easier for me to make healthier choices. If what, that that rest, what does that rest look like for you then uniquely? So the big change that we did was we, my family and I instituted Sabbath. Like phone off, Monday is our family day. As a pastor, um, you know, we, we work on Sunday. Yeah. And so... Uh, Monday's the day, so uh, phones are off, and I don't I don't take calls or anything like that. I'm home with my kids. If we do anything, it's it's as a family, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's been a huge. I had to be like really, really militant about that, you know. So I had to get really um, in, in uh, focused on it in order to make it a reality. Yeah. Uh, so you know, like I set alarms on my phone, just like practical things, you know, like 
Sabbath day. And, and so to us, that means like my phone is off and I don't touch my laptop. And, you know, we, we just stay in our pajamas usually and watch movies or go on hikes or, or uh, whatever. So yeah. I think that's been, been the biggest uh, a move for us, um, you know, in general. So Yeah. And I think in a culture where we, we have this propensity to kind of do and do and do and do and do, you know, Sabbath is pretty, pretty counterintuitive to yeah. us, you know. Um, and, and Jesus had a lot to say about Sabbath. Right? He, he, he had some hot takes on it, you know. He did. Like, <laughs> um, you know, it wasn't necessarily what, how everybody else approached it. Um, has, has Jesus, like, shaped your, has his teaching or example sort of shaped your ideas of, of what Sabbath or rest even looks like? Because I know, you, you know, like we've yeah. talked about some of this. So. Yeah, it is shaping it. It's, it's currently shaping it. And it's still, I'm obviously playing catch up to Jesus's <laughs> wisdom, right? Aren't we all? Yeah, so it's still Aren't shaping we it. All? Um, and I think the, the thing for me that, um, that, I, that I'm still wrestling through uh, building into my life, but I am convinced is the right way to live, is to uh, be working from a place of rest rather than be um, resting uh, from a place of working or overworking. So the idea is that our culture kind of uh, celebrates overworking, right? You ask any person in who busy, you know, is successful at anything, and, and everyone's busy. Everybody's so got busy. so many things going on, and, and we pride ourselves on being busy, yeah, yeah, and, and doing a lot of stuff and being successful at that. And and then you know we kind of just crash and burn, right? We, right? we we burn out, or we just need a day off, and we're just we just binge something just to like turn everything off, or or you know we're, we're yeah, we're just exhausted, right? Yeah. And, and we're anxious, and, and, and all of our habits kind of go out of whack, right. and our yeah. eating is, is, is not thoughtful and intentional, right? Because mm-hmm. it's just, it's reactive. Yeah. And so I used to think of rest as like, man, come in after a hard day of work or a hard week of work and just plump down and do nothing. And the, um, at least uh, Jesus seemed to have modeled of going into a place of rest, of Sabbath rest, of time with the Lord, of prayer, of, of fasting, recharge. Yeah. of recharge in order to take on the week, and it's not because he was worn out from the week before necessarily. It was because, uh, in order to face all of the week's challenges, he needed to be full. So it wasn't yeah. just like empty your tank and then in a day hope enough refills to then empty it the next week. It was uh, go into the week with a full tank. Yeah. And so that's the Jesus model, and yeah. at least the rhythm, at least what I've seen, um, and I'm trying to live that, and I'm yeah. failing at it. Yeah, I think I, I remember a conversation we had at, at Renew Cambridge. I, I was teaching on this. Uh, a couple several months ago, and one of the things I said was, uh, you know, God's Sabbath, like in, in the creation narrative, you know, uh, he creates stuff for six days, and then on the seventh day he rested, and and I, I made the comment, God wasn't tired. That's not why he took a Sabbath. He, he wasn't tired, right, because God doesn't get tired. Yeah, no, God weird. took a day to enjoy what he had created around the environment that he had created, yeah, and I, like I think that, that that's... An important thing, that was the kind of the, the, the light switch that went off for me was um, that rest is about enjoying the, what we have, you know. It's not about um, prepping to do more mm-hmm. necessarily. It's sort of like, you know, enjoying the environment that's, that's been brought up around us, our kids and our family and our home and uh, our friends and, and, and all that sort of stuff. And it, and it sort of refills us in a different way. It nourishes our soul. And I think that from there, we have the strength to sort of continue on. And, 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 it, and I think it also focuses our value, too. Yeah. Like, what are we valuing? Are we valuing the work of yeah. work? Or are we valuing the result of work, 
And I think that those are two very different things. It also makes me feel a lot less important. Like I, yeah. I, I, th I think, you know, Jesus, obviously most important guy doing the most important stuff, uh, at least from a Christian perspective. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and he decided to take time away from that most important thing anyone has ever done in the universe to actually rest and yeah. recharge and uh, be still in the Lord and stuff like that. And so yeah. it's like, man, I am not more, the work I'm doing is not more important than the rest I'm getting with God. Yeah. And that's a conviction I have. It's not, um, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's, I haven't built that healthy rhythm into my life yet perfectly. I'm still fighting with that all yeah. the time. Um, but, but it's a conviction that I have that, yeah, I, yeah. I'm not more important than, than the rest that, God created me to have and, right. and wants me to have with him and in him. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, uh, you know, one of the, at the time of this recording, obviously, you know, like we're all the, all the schools are canceled. Right. Yeah. And so we're, we're in this season of almost forced Sabbath for some of us, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're sort of stuck at home and, uh, and that kind of thing. And, and actually we, we thought what, what a better way, to, to kind of learn uh, this sort of new reality that many of our families are facing of uh, having their kids at home or, or, or maybe not having uh, regular work or steady work mm -hmm. to go to. Um, you know, who could we go to to get, like, the expert pro tips on, on how to be home with our kids all the time? And who better than a stay-at-home mom who homeschools, you know? Yeah. Like, that's... They're pretty much the champions of that. So, um, so we thought we would have uh, Miriam Fugere, who is a beloved member of our Milton campus, yeah. uh, to 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 call in via via the live stream, and uh, and so we we're gonna have her on right now. So, yeah. uh, and, and Andrew, why don't you uh, why don't you go ahead and get her on the line, and uh, we'll we'll chat with her. Yeah, yeah. While we're while we're working to get Miriam on the line. Uh, and connected. Uh, I just want to tell you Miriam's background. Um, Miriam uh, and her family have been living in Milton for uh, 15 plus years. Uh, they have six kids. Two of them are uh, graduated out of high school. She's got a few in high school and some leading in. Chubby boy. And it's um, my boy Chad. <laughs> yeah, and so she's uh, and she's been homeschooling for five plus years now. This is a decision that they made a few years ago, and she's going to tell you more about that. But she's got a lot of experience uh, with life at home with her family, um, doing school with them, and uh, and how to you know how to engage your kids on a daily basis and keep them occupied. Um, but in a way that's actually fruitful and beneficial and that's actually getting them somewhere. So I believe we have Miriam on the line, and so welcome, Miriam. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about your background, um, just life for you in Milton, and then also as a mom of six, including a homeschooler. Yeah, so we uh, moved here 20 years ago, um, and I've been homeschooling for five years uh, only. Uh, my oldest is 22, and I have a 20-year-old as well who are out of school now um, while well, they're doing their own school. Um, but uh, then I have uh, four girls who are one who's graduating this year and three of the ones um, ages from 11 to 16. Okay. So, yeah. And so you started homeschooling five years ago. What yeah. led to that decision to start homeschooling? Um, basically, I kind of was pushed to it. <laughs> 
by God, I would say. Um, this is, was not an ambition of mine. This is not something that I uh, was really um, seeking to do. In fact, I um, thought it was pretty strange. Um, you know, all these memes that, you know, perspective of how a homeschooler looks like, uh, you know, Amish or whatever. <laughs> and now, <laughs> anyways, um, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't really feel like doing that. But um, some circumstances with our children um, not adjusting very well in school um, really and doors opening um, really pushed me to homeschooling. And um, so, you know, we're going into a season, at least right now, if you're listening to it, um, you know, we're towards the end of March and it's just the thick of the COVID crisis. And so a lot of families are finishing up March break and they're going into week two with their families at home because schools are closed. And so uh, what we're hoping to learn from you, Miriam, from your experience is uh, what to do with our kids now in our home at all times. And some of us are home with them full time now and we're not used to that. And so why don't you give us some really helpful, practical uh, wisdom and insight into you know, what to do about this new circumstance we, a lot of us find ourselves in. Yeah, well, as, as, as I was kind of establishing what my new life would be, even with my older kids who are, are in high school, but now are at home, um, I really felt like we're all in this together, having to adjust and having to, um, and for some of us, you know, going from no kids at home who were in school and now everyone's home, um, I really feel like we need to have a plan. Um, and... And I was really feeling like with all of us even just being um, affected emotionally a little bit, like my anxiousness has like rose uh, a little bit. And um, just being emotionally aware that we are all in this together as a family. Um, kids are, are under a little bit of stress as well. Their, their um, schedule is gonna change. And, and so we really need to first rely upon God that he would give us wisdom through this time, like pray every day, morning, night to make it today. Um, that was my big, my big thing that I would always remember when there was a crisis in the house or when I was not knowing what to do, I, I just call upon his name because, and then he's, and he's good. He really, um, he really comes through. He whispers solution. And so why not talk about that? Why not talk about how God, how good God is um, to us and, and that we're all in this together and that he's in control uh, of the situation. He knows um, that we, f we feel alone and that we, but we don't have to do this alone. That's what we have to remember. So yeah. that's an obvious yeah, that's really helpful and practical um, and spiritual advice for us when it comes to our own well-being in this unique season. And obviously for uh, caretakers in the home and those who are home with the kids, like our well-being, emotional, physical, spiritual well-being has uh, uh, the biggest uh, and most direct impact on our kids' experiences of uh, being at home with us. So I think that's really helpful. Are there, is there anything practical for parents that you would say, um, do this and this will help you 
um, kind of maintain a level of kind of peace and, and lower levels of, of anxiety or just help with your new pace and some of the new rhythms? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, just uh, think through maybe a schedule. I, we all have schedules to go to work. We commute, we get up, we commute, we, you, you go to work, you drop the kids off, this and there. Now it's a, a whole change. And, um, you know, maybe your March break was a glimpse into like, okay, can I do this for another two or three or four weeks without um, any plan, any schedule. Mm-hmm. And so that's so important. Um, just get together with your family. Um, ask the kids, like, what what do you guys want to do? Um, plan activities and then write them down in the calendar for them to be able to refer to. Like on your schedule, even you were talking about rest. Like it's so, so important for parents to plan their rest and their kids to rest as well. Alone time for them is crucial. Um, plan for the non-negotiable too, because we are, you know, like at school, um, principals are in control, the, the teachers are in control of the schedule, and, and kids got to follow, you know, the flow. And so there are ne- negotiables, and then there's not negotiables, such as in my family, it's like screen, and it's um, bedtimes, and, and school time. Um, so those things, you have to make them clear. And, and then for the activities or the other things, um, they can refer back to to the schedule. And if, it, if they ask for screen time, then you can just say, well, when, when is screen time on the schedule? And, and then they can go see and say, see, is it that time now? No. So then refer to the schedule. So that eliminates so much conflict. And it, it keeps the kids um, at peace with, um, and it keeps them, um, they just know what to expect. lies being pretty rigid in their schedule especially in a school environment and so maintaining that at home even though it takes a little bit more prep time in advance and sometimes you got to be a little bit of a drill sergeant about it you're saying that's actually best for your whole family if you maintain rigidity to the schedule rather than just kind of let things go and let things fly and let things just happen spontaneously that's really helpful yeah, and it's it's really important to like back to that alone time. Um, you were saying how like just resting. Um, if we don't step away from our kids a little bit, just sometimes I just go in my room and just lock myself in and say, I'm not <laughs> I'm not coming down for another hour. So just you know, this is your reading time or this is your quiet time. Just play in your room. Um, and it's hard and it's something to get used to, but we really need it. Like at school, teachers take their quiet time. They have breaks. And so at home, it's important to do that as well. And for the kids to respect it. There's a really good book by, um, if anybody is taking notes by Sarah McKenzie and it's called teaching from rest. Um, and it's a very good, um, encouraging, light, easy to read a book that you can maybe get encouragement from and get tips from. That's really helpful. We'll make sure we put a link to that book in the show notes. Um, And just lastly, for parents who are concerned about 
kind of their kids' academic or educational um, just steps forward in this season, uh, can you give us some advice, uh, academic advice, if we're not trying to like full-on homeschool our kids, but we still want yeah. to make sure our kids are taking the right steps forward or they're still being challenged um, in, in their academics? What are, as a quick practical step or a couple ideas for us? Oh, um, what I would say is, is really stick to the basics. Um, stick to, just stick in the sand. Jesus taught that way. He, he, he rode in the sand with his finger. So it is possible to keep it super simple. There's so much downloadable material that you can download, but then you can get lost in that. So if you stick to two subjects, which the most important thing, the most important ones I would suggest would be literature and math. Um, so by literature, what I'm talking about is, is just reading with your children. So learning how to read for kids, it's you, either they forget it or, or you can like just nourish that love of learning, uh, of, of reading, sorry. So to, to encourage that, a, a lot, what I've found is that reading aloud to them and with them and being excited about a book really is half the battle. Mm -hmm. If you don't impose the reading, especially for young, young, young readers, if you don't impose the reading on the kids and say, oh, my word, like, and then and, and test their level and all that, just, just forget about that. Just go with uh, reading good content, good books. Pick... Um, books um, of virtue, pick the Bible. When was the last time we read to our children the illustrated Bible? Um, so um, choose that. Choose good contacts, like maybe science books you have at home lying around. Um, if you don't have many books, and there are some um, e-books that you can have and download on an iPad. There's so much resources, but make sure it's a really good content. This is a good chance for you guys um, to, to take that time to nourish your child's soul. When they're at school, um, they spend a lot of time away from you. And so right now you have an opportunity to really dedicate some time to nourish their heart and make this a happy time with you. A a time where you are you are in control and they are safe within your wings. Um, so first is that, yeah, read aloud with them, um, to them, have them follow along with their fingers if they're um, uh, just starting. Um, if there's a conflict even, like I've found that that's actually a really good distraction is there there's conflict there's tension in the house sometimes for tension in the house i'll just put music on but sometimes i'll just pick a book and just start reading it <laughs> i'll just say oh wow what a great story and i'll just start reading it and then you just all cuddle or they don't sometimes they don't they just like keep going like this um but it's a really good way to to just let the tension down because a story can just distract our minds. Um, another thing is that Jesus told parables. He told stories. And he was such a great teacher and model for us. So why not take from that and, uh, and tell stories to our children? I love stories. So um, the next thing is, is math. Um, math is such a hard thing. I'm not a math brain, um, but 
stick to what level your child is at. Try to find that out. Um, you can go on the on the Ontario pages. I'm speaking more for elementary children here. Um, for high school students, I'm sure that they're going to have online classes and that, that teachers are going to provide work for them. Um, but for elementary teachers, they're just they're not going to send us work. Um, but because kids catch up too, like if we are worried about academics, we honestly kids are resilient and they are just going to catch up. So I wouldn't worry about that, but I would try to make it fun. Um, but for maths, see where, what they're learning this year, were they learning subtractions? Were they learning uh, additions, multiplications, just writing their, their numbers or, or knowing their numbers. If find out what their level is at and then, um, choose that as a jumping start and online there's tons of um just even if you go on google images you can download sheets um you can you could uh, play dice with them legos legos have like you know counting things um you can pile up legos anyways there's so many things there's money there's so many ways that you can do math around the house that it's not a super heavy burden but it's still kind of scheduled in your school time um so if you've made your school time on your schedule back to the schedule from 9 to 11 at 9 we read and we do a game and then at 10 we do math and do a game about math um then it's math time and it's on the schedule so I, I would suggest to just find out their level and then um, find some on, free online um, links, which I will provide for you. I have a few links that I can um, just post. This is really, really great stuff. I really, really appreciate you giving us your time, Miriam, and sharing all this wisdom and insight with us. I thought the thing that you said there was really powerful to me was to think about using this time to actually nurture your children's soul while you're helping them academically. I imagine the school environment, especially the public school environment, teachers are all doing their best, uh, but there's 30 kids in the school and they don't belong to any of the teachers, right? And and this is a circumstance and and a chance where your child's soul can be nurtured while they're educated. I think that's a really beautiful way to see this season and and how it can actually be a blessing. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Uh, I want to let everybody know that Miriam actually wrote a blog that can be found at renewchurch.ca. And uh, there's more details there and there's more information there. And uh, we'll also post some links on uh, on the podcast uh, show notes uh, to anything that Miriam was referring to. Thank you again, Miriam, for your time. My pleasure. Yeah, we'll see you. What a champ she is, huh? I mean, this is the time of the homeschool mom. Let me tell you, like, the world has been waiting for homeschool moms to be the coolest people in our world. Yeah. And I think we're here. Yeah. They're getting the, the credit that they deserve. I guess the thing I didn't think about, <laughs> we were just talking about rest. Yeah. And I'm sitting there th- talking to Miriam thinking um, what, what I think of Sabbath rest, right, yeah. from someone who works outside the home. Uh, isn't the same for someone who's homeschooling working it's inside true. the home, right? And so um, maybe I don't I don't know about you. You've been y- your your wife homeschooled, started homeschooling this year, yeah. And and you work outside of the home, and so uh, what does it mean uh, maybe to uh, help your wife get Sabbath rest in this unique season uh, with not just 
doing homeschool like she was doing. Right. But also with you being around more often and being kind of stuck in isolation and not being able to go out other places. Like, what, what does that look like for you? Yeah, I mean, I think we're still figuring those pieces out a bit. You know, like, there's for sure times when, uh, you know, um, we, you know, I'm just... Austin, you go to the coffee shop and take a book, and we'll see you in four hours or whatever. You know, there's there's definitely times where that's true, uh, but uh, you know, I think we're we're we do really enjoy our time as a family and stuff. And I think that um, as a husband of 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 my wife, who kind of uh, has has positioned herself to be the main you know school teacher and all the you know those kind of things, caretaker of our kids, um, you know, I. I I find a lot of joy in, in letting her have kind of her alone time and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, um, that, but we're still learning those, to be honest with you. And, and I think those rhythms take time to, to sort of develop. So, That's good. Yeah. yeah. It's good, though. It's well, been fun. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things that, that I, I even was thinking of is as a, as a, as a dad, my, my whole family were public, public educators, okay? It's like my grandfather, my aunts and uncles and everybody were all – um, teachers of some some nature or other, and um, and so I was a bit of a skeptic coming into the homeschooling thing. Like, mm. don't homeschoolers just like not know anything about current events and they watch you know Christian <laughs> cartoons from the eighties and like yeah. that's it. And uh, I have been amazed at not only the academic progress of my kids, but their engagement with um, with content academically. You know, like my kids are are studying uh, you know Rembrandt paintings and like they're memorizing poems like famous poems and and learning to read and how old are your kids i don't know not everybody knows my my oldest is seven (laughs) and and he can quote for you like like robert frost poems and stuff like that uh, yeah i don't i don't know exactly what the authors are Uh, but there's there's various you know things and they're studying uh you know uh da vinci they studied paintings by da vinci and you don't know who leonardo da (laughs) vinci Maybe you need to be I was public there. school. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, as a, as a skeptic, I have been um, just amazed at, at what some really focused, intentional academic time can actually do for your kids. Like, you know, like our, you know, my son went through public school for a while, and uh, it just seems like he's learned, soaked up a lot more, especially in math. Like, he knows a lot more math. So have you become a homeschool apologist? I, Yeah. Right. I'm I'm pretty sold actually yeah I and I'm amazing I, w- I would uh, I'm amazed by it. I I would say that my wife is an all star so I don't know you know I think it has to work for your family our decision was based on on the idea that uh, you know my work schedule is primarily in the evenings mm-hmm. uh, um, and the weekend and so there were whole days that I wouldn't see my children and we just didn't think that was a good idea so that's kind of the reason that we decided to do it. Um, was because of my work schedule. So, um, you know, everybody has their own thing, but yeah, I think right. it's awesome. Yeah. So, highly recommend. Yeah. Well, we we are a few years out from even thinking about it. Yeah. But it's gonna come quick. For so, sure. Yeah. That's, that's a really helpful insight. That is awesome. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to talk about this week? This week? Yeah. No. I I was just you know I was just thinking about um, the implications of of all these things, f- f- even from a spiritual standpoint. You know, like we are primarily disciple makers that's who we are as the mm-hmm. church if you follow Jesus that's what we are here to do um, and in this season where we have a lot more time to be intentional and relational with people that we love that we know especially people who are part of our own family um, I think we have a unique opportunity as the church to just really press into the things that matter the most yeah um, and I think that 
if you look at even raising your children as disciple making, I think it really it, it reframes um, these current realities, yeah. you know, and and I think it helps us yeah. to kind of focus on what matters the most. Well, hopefully, we'll get a chance to explore more of that in future weeks' podcasts. Yeah, um, we're going to continue doing this podcast over the next quite a few months, presumably, yeah. and yeah. cover a whole series of topics and stuff like that yeah right? so stick so. around make sure you you subscribe to our content uh make sure you check out renewchurch.ca for upcoming uh things events live streams that sort of thing um and keep sending in uh your feedback if you want to uh, uh see something in the podcast uh, or hear content uh talked about you can go ahead and email me my email is eric e-r-i-k at renewchurch.ca Uh, and I'll filter through some of those suggestions, and hopefully your idea will be on uh, one of our upcoming podcasts. That'd be awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, We love you guys, and uh, we're hopeful that you'll download our podcast next week, month, year, whatever it is. Thanks for listening. All right. Bye.